Welcome to House Call with Dr. Mac, where you get a real doc with straight talk for the whole you. It's here in the House Call community where we have created an inviting space for you to hear individuals' health stories, gain healthcare providers and other experts' perspectives. It is our mission that with the knowledge you gain here, you will be able to connect your own health dots and begin to experience whole person care. So let's sit down. Let's get started. Let's have some conversations. Let's connect these dots. Let's get some straight talk. And welcome back to House Call with Dr. Mac, where you get a real doc with straight talk for the whole you. Hey, community, it's been a little while. You know, we're off on our summer vacation, our summer break. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Woo-woo! But we wanted to take a special time to uh, acknowledge a special date. So today is July the 7th, and it is House Call with Dr. Mac's second anniversary. To the day? To the day. We released our first episode on July 7th, 2014. (sighs) And, you know, we've just had so many wonderful guests to come in and out of the community, share their stories or other experts come in and give their perspectives. And so we want to just thank everybody that has been supportive of House Call with Dr. Mac thus far. And those of you that are joining our community, we say welcome and, you know, grab a chair, grab a um what are those things? Ellipticals or a, or a treadmill or grab your iPods, your iPhones, your your droids, whatever. You know, hook up those uh, ear earphones or earbuds and take us with you on take us with you on your walks or in the gym and let's have some good health. Let's connect our health dots. So today is a bonus episode for this summer. Mm-hmm. You know, we usually end with our men's health month in June. But we weren't able to do that this particular season, but I have a very special guest in the house call community this evening, and we want to welcome Mr. Omari Wimbush to the house call community. He is owner and operator of Import Alliance. Thank you, Mr. Omari, for coming to the house call community. Thank you for having me. So... You know, I when we were talking about having you here, I have to, you know, always talk about connecting our health dots. And Wendell, we we do our little brainstorming, and so Wendell was like, you know, we have to have a conversation, one of our outside of the box conversations with Amari, and talk about the cars. <laughs> so I said, you know, yeah, we we got to do that, and so that's how we ended up here this evening to have this wonderful conversation. I, I have to interject. Yes, please. <clears throat> I need to be completely honest. Um, the reason I wanted him on was that I can now go to the event. Because you can't say no now. So we've had him on the show. So I'll be seeing you in a couple of weeks. You're right. (laughs) Wow. You come before, man. You better let me know. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I got you. Wow. So, you know, I want to just jump right into this conversation. Mm -hmm. This is one of our outside-of-the-box conversations, as we have so often here. And, Omari, I want you to tell our community, what is Import Alliance? Well, Import Alliance is uh, an event that myself and two other my business partners and friends at the time 
started basically in response to what we saw as a pretty big vacuum in the import auto show industry, if it exists as an industry. Mm-hmm. Um, at the time, we were we were making parts, and we were going to all of these shows to kind of sell our parts, and they were very specifically niched towards import cars. Um, okay. Uh, if, if you think Fast and Furious, which is the stereotypical import car yeah. culture, mm-hmm. that's who we were selling to. Mm. Um, and what we began to realize really early on was that we didn't have a whole bunch of credible customers coming mm-hmm. out of those shows. Um, we didn't know whether people were there to see a bikini contest, mm. a ludicrous <laughs> concert, mm-hmm. or or just kind of hang out for the day and see what basically amounted to a very wide range of vehicles. Everybody got a trophy. Everybody won something. And it was kind of like we didn't see ourselves benefiting as a manufacturing company from those events. So we said, let's do our own event. Okay. And our first event we did, my partner would probably argue about, I think this is an ongoing debate, but our first event (laughs) back in 2005, really late in the year, at the time we have a little storefront and we did a show outside in the parking lot and it was, I recall, to sit here and and hear you talk about this because I remember um, several years back (laughs) um, you rebuilding a bug when we were in high school. And I just remember you always were so enthusiastic about your car and it was your, it was like your baby. And we watched you repaint the the bug. We watched you rebuild that bug. And now you've taken what 
we looked at in the past is kind of like a little hobby, if I could say it that way. And you've built it because this is like your passion. And it seems like your passion and your purpose have kind of intertwined and you're operating in your sweet spot. And you've created this wonderful place that people can come and enjoy and give and really have a benefit to their lives and, and add value to their lives. This is really something that's like, wow. And this is kind of why we want to have this conversation because we talk about connecting our health dots here. And it's not always talking about a pathophysiological process, but we talk about just being optimal in the spaces in which we live and being and talk about whole person care. And so it right. seems like you you are operating in your sweet spot. Can I say that? Is that is that does that sound fair? I I think you, it's fair if, if if the sweet spot is enjoying what you do, um, having a passion and a hunger and a desire, and somewhat of an obsession for what you do. Yeah. So that what you do is not um, it's not always like work. Mm-hmm. Then yeah, I'm operating in my sweet spot. It's. It's been a true blessing for sure. Um, it, it, it has taken a long time. I guess one of the things I want to encourage listeners about is we we have been doing IA for 10 years. We're in our 11th year operations, and it was not until last year, 2015, that I began seeing a potential exit from my everyday work to mm. the sweet spot work, so to speak. Wow. And so it's been a long, hard road, mm-hmm. but, you know, when, like you said, when you operate from that passion and from that place, it's, it's a sweet uh, victory to be able to make the transition into living and doing what you love and what you're passionate about every day. So, mm-hmm. And I think it's important for, obviously, you know, what work means in our lives every day. Um, ideally, you enjoy what you do. Yeah. And I did enjoy what I did before, um, but when you can enjoy it and love it and it be a passionate thing for you, then your self-worth, your approach to work, everything kind of changes dramatically and work is not as difficult. Work is not as um, consuming of mm-hmm. energy and time and emotion. Yeah, you know? yeah. And that definitely helps in terms of that holistic Wow. Uh, life giving Let let's get let's get into some of the fun stuff I guess we could say. I know I know Wendell's been sitting over here kind of yes, itching. I want to talk oil. <laughs> And I, I oil think, and turbos. I think this is where I'm going to probably take a backseat <laughs> and let you guys kind of talk shop. But, and I think we can segue into that because I want you to talk to us and tell us what happened March 10th of 2016. Well, um, March 10th of 2016 was my birthday. <laughs> First of all. Oh, wow. Oh, I didn't know oh, that. This I didn't is, know that. Wow. What I, what I, yeah, what I think you're asking me about happened on March 9th. Okay. Uh, I saw the post on March 10th, yeah. I think. Right. I couldn't talk about it until <laughs> Yeah. But, um, on, on March 9th, this is, to contextualize it, this is two weeks before that show I just talked to you about mm-hmm. um, in Atlanta. I'd actually been working on and building a car for some time in preparation for this show that we were doing in Atlanta and 
I had just gone to my kids' lacrosse game, driving the car back home from the lacrosse game, top down, mm. enjoying the night, nice night. And unfortunately, lost the car that I put a lot of time, energy, and money into to a vehicle fire. Ooh. And when I say lost it, I totally lost it. Mm. Um, this car was one of probably two or three in the United States with the uh. legitimate Rocket Bunny kit with mm-hmm. a Sylvia. He's like, I'm now really deep in the shop. But it's okay. It's it had okay. a JDM Sylvia conversion front end on Nissan 240SX. A lot of time, energy, money, motor swapped, painted, suspension wheels, everything, basically every bolt and nut touched on the car. Wow. And I lost the car probably to a $3 fuel line that failed. Um, so I'm driving it, basically the return line to the fuel tank ruptured. And when it ruptured, um, basically I had full power, still driving top down, didn't know that it was on fire. Mm. But it ignited the fuel. Mm. And it's a, it was a turbo car, so it got really, gets really hot under the hood and mm-hmm. um, lost the whole car. Oh but it's a car. And and this is the, I guess, you know, it's my business. It's a car. It's my love. It's my pet. But, you know, at the end of the day, you know, you make decisions on how you're going to live. Mm-hmm. You be, you make decisions on risk tolerance and risk averseness, whatever you want to call it. Mm-hmm. And I made a decision to drive the car every day like I drive all of my cars. I, mm-hmm. I don't build them to look at them. I build them to drive them. And with driving a car that's modified, um, you can't expect to hold on to them forever, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. So you ensure them, you do what you can to to mitigate the risk. I re- replaced, incidentally, every line on the car, mm-hmm. including the one that failed. Mm-hmm. with new lines so it was just one of those things that happens and happened to me so but that's what happened um so I lost the car just dramatic footage of the fire on my Instagram page mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I was able to save the steering wheel and the shift knob so they're oh. going in my new car wow now I do have one question to ask I don't want to forget this I remember you posted it was either on the post where, you know, you showed the video of the fire or something right after you said you would recommend everyone to have a fire extinguisher in their car. Now, are you only talking about, you know, built cars, if you will, custom cars? Or now do you feel that, you know, that's something that everyone should probably keep somewhere nearby? I think everybody should have one. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I've seen enough cars. And, and let me be clear, is there are very few cars that I've seen on the side of the highway burnt, mm-hmm. or burnt out hulks of cars like we have seen in our life, if you are a driver. Right. Mm-hmm. Very few of them are, like, modified. Usually mm-hmm. what is happening is the fuel line that I lost is lost in another car, mm-hmm. or an OEM car, you know, unmodified car, and something happens and they lose the car the same way. Um, I think every car should have an extinguisher. Okay. And you know, it's crazy to think about, and you don't want to think about it happening, but the cra- the worst part about all of this was, had I 
had an extinguisher in the car. When I got the car stopped, finally, because the brakes failed and the clutch failed. Whoa. Hmm. But when I finally got the car stopped, it was still only in probably uh, an 18-inch section underneath the hood. Okay. And had I had an extinguisher, I would have been able to put it out. Mm Mm-hmm. But because I didn't, I watched the car burn for 20 minutes. So, and that's what took the car out. It wasn't that there was some raging fire explosion. It was very slow. I just didn't have what I needed to put it out. So okay. I would definitely recommend it. Um, I'm going to have a full-out fire safety system in my next car, which I'm building now. Oh, wow. Um, you know, $500, but I'll be able to pull a nozzle like they do in the NASCAR or in a Formula One car, and it'll put the fire out. So, is this like one of the things where they have the fire retardant kind of go in the engine? Yeah. Well, it'll be in a system, almost like a sprinkler system. Right, right, right. And it's connected to a extinguisher um, hmm. canister. Yeah, I've seen it on drive cars, but I never thought of, you know, just a regular wow. kit car, if you will, being able to ask for it. I'm really yeah, I won't put one of those in my wife's minivan, but I'll we'll put an extinguisher. In that, <laughs> but I'll, put it, I'll put it in the car that I'm working on. Yeah. So the car you're working on now is that Project Phoenix? Is it what? It, I saw something Phoenix or Project Phoenix or yes, something. Yeah, it is like. called Project Phoenix. Uh-huh, right. Project Phoenix 240SX. Um, it, you know, the, the whole concept of mm-hmm. losing a car to fire mm-hmm. and then having another car come from the ashes of it. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm building a, a car kind of a, as a tribute to the old one. Right. Um, the two parts I was able to save, I'll be connected to. I still have the steering wheel from the old car. So oh. It was a quick release. And I have the shift knob. So my both my hands will have a little piece of the old car. Right. And, um, and the new car will come out of the ashes of the old car. So. That's what I was wondering. I thought for a minute there that you were able to salvage some of the other car. That's what I was wondering. So this is all new. This is a completely new platform. Wow. It's, old, it's another 240SX, but it's a newer version. Okay. Um, and will definitely be everything I didn't get to do in the last one. So. Well, all right, so I have one question to find. Go one ahead, question? go ahead, go ahead. This is you all <clears throat> show. And I know Keisha, you said you've seen him build build a bug, but I've always known you to have Nissan related. Like I remember you had an Infinity. Um, what is it about Nissan for you? Just you know, give me an idea. I know different people have different reasons why they love a certain manufacturer. I love VW, and we'll get into that. But what is it about Nissan for you? I think, I, I, you know, it's funny you ask that. I, and, I, and I get asked that question all the time because most of the guys in my industry and, and quite literally our first handful of events were Honda Tech events. Yeah, and and the they are the most easily modified car. They are the most prevalent car. The easiest platforms to make really, really, you know, radical changes on without spending a whole lot of money. Mm-hmm. But I think Nissan's in my, are kind of like in my blood because my mom the first car new car my mom having was a Nissan 300 a Datsun mm. not even a Nissan wow. a Datsun 310GX and Whoa. she after that had a 200FX mm-hmm. which interestingly enough is a generation two generations before the car I have right now 
Um, so I, I think, and then she had an Infinity G20, and mm-hmm. I got to drive that. And I, I think I've just kind of grown up with Nissan. My dad has had Infinity, mm-hmm. and I'm, I just found them. I also have a rear-wheel drive preference. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. And Honda doesn't do anything rear-wheel drive. I've had an Lexus SE300 um, that was rear-wheel drive that I'd done some work to and built, and it was pretty nice. But I always end up coming back to the small S chassis rear-wheel mm-hmm. drive platform. So, And Nissan does that one, so I can't. I guess I can't go anywhere else. Yeah, but that's unique. You know, the reason why, because Sami oh. is a big Nissan guy. I have a, I have a friend, <clears throat> can't call him a friend, he's like a brother of mine in the Bahamas, but he built a uh, one of the Pulsar, the JDM Pulsars. Yep. With the four-wheel drive. <clears throat> Sorry, the they called it the uh, Baby Godzilla. Oh, okay. That's what they called it. So <laughs> the thing is nasty, nasty. But he's a big Nissan guy, too. So one of these days, you know, let me call it. We, we yeah. need to come up. We yeah. Need, yeah, we you need to get really together do. one of these shows. You know, um, you, we, before we started recording, we touched on a little bit of how this transition to you, this transition for, for you from your um, past life, I, I guess I could say, in terms of the corporate life into your own business, how has that affected your family? How does that, um, how does that make you see life? Through um, through the eyes of a father or or a husband, how how does this inter, inter interplay with your with your family life? Um, I, w- I will say one that it's been a good transition in terms of my availability as a father as a husband. Mm-hmm. Um, when I when I was before the transition, what I was doing is this and my other job mm-hmm. and that got taxing there was time there were times when you know the nine to five would end and it would be five to eight fifty nine for me mm-hmm. to do the other thing um that gets old and you know at some point you know your kids get old enough to really need you around the house it's it's, it's a bigger job than a mom can do by herself um, or a dad can do by herself. My, my wife is a physician, so she's extremely busy. And and I think the thing that has been very valuable to me is to be able to give her one the breathing room to be the professional that she is. Mm-hmm. She's in a demanding um, practice. She's got demanding patients. Yeah, yeah. Primary care physician who takes call in 2016. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, <laughs> and for me to be able to tell her and I'm growing into this spot and I think men and women who kind of replace corporate life with entrepreneurial um, pursuits need to quickly make this transition but I'm growing into the position of being absolutely okay with the concept of me dealing with the kids and the family Mm. picking up from school, dropping off from school um or dropping off at school, helping with homework, cooking dinner. I, those are things that I would do before, but from a place of equal burden as my wife, so mm. to speak. And and that that shift for me has been a good thing. I think it's been a good thing for 
our house, generally speaking, our home. Wow. Um, she doesn't have to worry about whether I can get the kids, and I don't have to worry about whether she's going to ask me. Hmm. Um, I can hmm. offer, and I can go, wow. and I can pick them up and bring them home. And that has been a bit of a... It's been a bit of a burden shifter when it needed to be for her. And for me, it's been one of those roles that I'm going into, and I will admit, somewhat reluctantly at first, but then you start to see how that new flexibility gives you additional freedom and relieves other stresses in life. And it's it's been a very, very good thing. Um, I don't know if I would have done it the same way, hmm. looking back at it, <laughs> but it's been a good thing. and And I'm grateful for that. Wow. That's awesome. That is, that's, that's yes, a great, is. that's some great insight right there. Mm-hmm. Uh, Omari, I'm looking at our time and before we round the corner and, and wrap this all up, we were talking about the area that you, that Import Alliance holds in the car realm and where right. you were, you were even talking about that you are now in a space in a sphere where most black men really have not had insight or access to can you give us a little bit of your your take i would say on how how this may may change or shift uh um life for someone not not as a business owner but just from an an area of knowledge and understanding and just being exposed to different areas in life yeah i um i i am too close to the business to kind of have seen the way well to see it through the same eyes that the fans that attend import lines see it um mm. we spend a lot of energy and time and effort branding and making the brand and you know securing the brand mm-hmm. and and pursuing uh marketing strategies that kind of protect it and we hold it really close to our heart we're careful with it. it's just three guys mm. um with a bunch of support from friends who we pay <laughs> and, <laughs> and, and um and and so when you look back over 10 years and you see their first event at 150 cars and the last event at 10,000 cars mm. and a guy comes up to you, a young black kid comes up to you, drives a little Honda and he has the stereotypical talk and walk and mm-hmm. way he's built his car is kind of like what I was doing when I was 16, 17, 18. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just a Honda now instead of VW Buck. And when you tell him, hey, man, I'm one of the owners, hmm. you know, I'm glad you can make it. Where are you from? And they, they're, they're explaining to you their first show, and and their eyes light up and see you um, having a stake in the business that seems to be such a big part of their life. Um, it's a powerful thing. I, I think... I. It's not earth-shattering work, if that makes sense. You know, the world mm-hmm. may be a better place for an IA event because it's wholesome, it's family-oriented, whatever you want to call it. People have fun, and it's safe. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not heavy-duty civic work, 
so to speak. Mm-hmm. But when I can see a kernel of excitement in a guy's eyes, in a young kid's eyes, a black guy's eyes, um, that is surprised that I'm one of the owners of this business, mm-hmm. it makes me understand how truly impactful it has been and can be on people's lives. Um, I think the other thing is, you know, there's always been black guys who build cars and who like cars and drive cars. It's a big part of our culture. It's black men to have a nice car. Um, But we don't get into the corporate roles Mm -hmm. of the business that I'm in um, very often. And we definitely don't get into racing roles as often as it would seem we should be able to do if you call racing athletics. But, um, you know, to, to, to kind of rub shoulders with people in the industry from a place and, and in terms of an event that's significant in the industry is an important thing to me. And I'm proud to be able to have that, um, that interaction with folks that, that know who we are. Mm-hmm. Um, we go to, we go to manufacturers within the industry who make parts for these cars, and we say, hey, we really want you to partner with us at our next event. And they know who we are. Wow. And these are big manufacturers. So I'm, I'm pleased to be able to do that and be the face of the company um, along with the other two faces, another one of which is a black man. Wow. And, um, and be able to rub those shoulders and rub elbows with folk in the industry and I think that is definitely one of the things that always surprises me and always feels good when I get that surprise wow mm. that's nice that mm. is that's really nice so as we are wrapping up this conversation with you Amari we usually ask our guests to give our community a tip of the day before they leave the community and it can be anything that's on your heart it can be a tip about the topic we're talking about but if you would be so gracious to give our community a tip of the day before we say goodnight. I'll, um, I'll kind of say what we started with. Pursue your passions. They don't have to turn into a business. But everybody needs something in their life that they can go and vent with without anybody else being there. A lot of times I literally walk into the garage angry when I was in the corporate world about hmm. how my day went. And turning wrenches for an hour and a half for an hour or 30 minutes could change my perspective because it was what I loved and I could see progress in that 30 minutes um, I think everybody needs that if you're a photographer take some pictures those for you Wendell mm-hmm. If, mm-hmm. if you are if you like to eat go to a restaurant but mm-hmm. pursue a passion and be good at pursuing it um, you know it doesn't have to make you money but definitely find something and do it and enjoy it you can have that the least when you need it. Wow. Thank you so much, Amari. And we will put all of the links to mm-hmm. Import Alliance in our show notes. And we'll let people be able to know where to go to find you on Instagram and your website. And can you tell us before you leave, are, aren't you having an event that's coming up pretty soon? Yes, we are. We are having an event in... I guess a suburb, well, I don't want to call it a suburb, near Cincinnati, Ohio, July 22nd and 23rd. Um, it's the summer event at Import Alliance, and 
we also, not, we didn't talk about this a lot, but we have another show called Euro Faction, and we'll be doing that show Labor Day weekend here in Nashville. Okay. Um, so those are the two. Euro Faction is an all-European car show. Um, and Import Alliance is an all-import car show. So those two are coming up. Wow. Yeah, you yeah. you have somebody over here that's about to just jump out of his skin. So, and I'm sure the other men in the house call community are also just they are so excited about this this particular conversation. So we're gonna put all of the links. We're gonna let everybody know how they can um, find find you, follow you. And like you said, you know, guys, just follow your passions. And so we want to thank everybody. This is our second year anniversary. Yay! And thank you, Amari, for coming and being a special guest for this special episode. And until next time, we'll see you guys back here in the community. Bye now. Thanks, man. Bye-bye. Thank you.